Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. The world is changing. And I want to say at the beginning that... uh, Uh, We cannot keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. Say that with me. I cannot keep doing the same thing and expect different results. Come on, say that one more time. I cannot keep doing the same thing. Now, let's park the car. How many of you are still doing the same thing? And you have been doing it year after year after year. Here's how you'll know if you're still in the same place. Financially. Emotionally. Come on. Spiritually, relationally, you're in, you're in this, the same place. Uh, some people haven't added a new friend to their lives in three years. Jesus. You cannot... Keep doing the same thing and then expect different things to happen in your life. Ah, this is how you will know if you're doing the same thing because you're in the same place. Still renting. You haven't moved. Oh, Jesus. Still nothing in the bank. You haven't moved. Still majoring on worry and doubt. Haven't moved. Marriage still in trouble. Still fighting over the same stupid stuff you were fighting over five years ago. Have not moved. Ooh, Jesus. Still haven't read the Bible. Haven't moved. Still going to pray, but don't pray. Haven't moved. Still allowing the television to raise your children. Haven't moved. They, 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 they have this saying that, that it's madness to keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. How many want to do better? Huh? How many? Come on. Put both hands up if you're really serious. How, how, 
Only two people didn't raise their hands. And I saw them, but, but that's all right. Uh, but it, the rest of us, we want to do better. And, and we're serious about it. Well, today I'm going to say some things that perhaps will be revolutionary to you. And I thank you for loving me enough and being committed to the word of God enough to release me from the pressures that so many pastors and leaders feel that when they come to church that they have to be an entertainer. And so they come to church to feel good, to go back home and do the same thing. But if you will indulge me, there will be a few things that I will say if you have ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart to understand, your life will change today. Glory to God. Would you tell somebody your life will change today? Come on. Would you tell somebody else your life will change today? Go ahead, if you would, graciously in the video department. We certainly thank God for you. Would you put up my first nugget? And we're just going to go through those, and then I'm going to share some things that I believe is going to really bless your life, I trust. Ready? Let's read. Ready? Read. Read it again. Stop reminiscing about your past, the good and the bad, because none of them can help you. What you did in the past that was wrong is in the past. Are you listening to me? To married couples, one of the worst things you can do in your marriage is bring up stuff that your spouse done in the past that was wrong. Why would you bring it up when you're still with them? So for the mere fact you still are with them is a sign you want to make it. Well, if you want to make it, why are you reaching back to the past? I thought you said you forgave them. So if you forgave them, why are you constantly reminding him or her what they did in the past? Don't you know there's no way for your marriage to be successful when you're driving down the road constantly looking in the rearview mirror? You're going to have an accident. So let it go. Let the past go. The good and the bad, let it go. God wants to do something fresh, new, and different. Now, now, if you can't connect with what I'm saying, that just simply means I'm not talking to you. Because you're committed and staying where you are. But for those of us who are ready to move to another level, to another dimension, to another place in God, let me hear you this morning. Yeah. Glory to God. Nugget number two, please. Ready? Read. Say it again. Yes, yeah, start thinking about your future and how you want it to be. And it's going to be difficult for you to think about a positive future for yourself and how you want it to be if you're constantly watching the news. Because the news will only depress you. 
The news will paint a picture that there is no hope. But those of us who are in Christ Jesus, there is a blessed hope for a better day. Oh, Jesus. Nugget number three. You need new thoughts to elevate. You just said you want to go to another dimension. You want to go to another level in God. For that to happen, your thoughts have to elevate. So that means the way you were thinking when you walked into the church house today, you're going to have to leave with a brand new way of thinking. If you don't, you'll get the same. Talk to me. You'll get the same thing. You'll get the same thing. Success is in your thoughts. Failure is in your thoughts. Are you listening to me? Prosperity is in your thoughts. Poverty is is in your thoughts. Who you run with is in your thoughts. Where you live is in your thoughts. What you accomplish or do not accomplish in life is predicated, talk to me, on your thoughts. So poverty is not your pocket. Poverty is your head. Just like wealth is not your pocket. Wealth is your thoughts. It is your thoughts that inspired your actions that produce the kind of life that you enjoy today or do not enjoy today. Are you listening to me? And stop giving so much credit to the devil, to your lack of progress. Why are you always giving credit to the devil when the Bible says that he is a defeated foe? He is not only defeated, the word of God says that he is under your feet. Why are you constantly giving credit to somebody that is under the soles of your feet or your shoes? To give him credit, you have to look down. But the Bible charges us to look up. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah to God. I said hallelujah to God. So we need new thoughts uh, to elevate our life. Nugget number four. Nugget number four. Read it. Say it again. Say it again. Yeah, you, are, you, you know this is powerful. If you think about committing adultery, it won't be long you'll do it. Ain't nobody going to help me on the right side. Let me... Are you listening to anything you dwell on? If you don't die, amen, I'm telling you, eventually you will bring it into manifestation. Nobody falls into fornication. Nobody falls into adultery. Nobody falls into sin. It has to be a thought first. That thought has to be entertained. That thought has to be nourished before it sets up a stronghold in your soul. And once it sets up a stronghold in your soul, you will begin to do things unknowingly to bring that to pass in your life, even if it's sin. Thoughts are powerful. Stay with me. I'm going to share something with you today that I believe will change your life. Thoughts are so powerful. Do I have another nugget? You become what you think. Yeah, there we go. Ready? Read. A renewed mind is a prerequisite to transformation. 
A renewed mind, a renewed mind is the prerequisite to what? Transformation. To transformation. What nugget was that? Nugget number five? Well, let, let's back up now and let's go to Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs, familiar pass of scripture, verse number seven. The world is changing, but we cannot keep doing things the same way, expecting different results. Look at Proverbs 23. Are you there? Look at verse number seven. Ready? Read the A part. R read that again. R read that again. So you become what you think. You become what you think. Let me ask this question. Raise your hand if this is the truth. Um, are you living better today than you were living 10 years ago? Let me see your hands if that's the truth. Okay, good, good. Put your hands down. Do you have some things today? that you didn't have 10 years ago? I, I, I propose to you, the only reason you have more 10 years later than you had 10 years ago is because 10 years ago, when you began to dwell on whatever this thing that has manifested in your life, it is a result of the way you're thinking. Here, here's a good one. Are there some things a year ago or two years ago or three years ago or four years ago that you used to do that you don't do no more? Or somebody's hand just, I mean, it went up quick. All right, here we go. Are there some sinful things? Uh, let's characterize them. You know, 10 being the biggest sin. Uh, were there some uh, uh, pay grade two sins? that you used to do two or three years ago that you don't do anymore? Is that true? There's some things you used to do that were wrong. Maybe you used to drink. Maybe you used to cuss. You know, maybe you used to lie. Maybe you used to be hooked on pornography. You know, you know maybe you used to, you know, hook and crook. Just lie to be lying. You know, but you don't do it anymore. Anybody? Maybe I didn't name yours, but you, you know the name. Question is, why did you stop? No, don't get real spiritual and say God made me stop. No, he didn't. The reason, reason God didn't make you stop, God didn't make you start. But why did you stop? Some people stop because they got busted. Or was about to get busted. And in that dilemma, you change your mind. Come on now. So you stop doing some things because you change your mind. You may even have said, I, I didn't want to do it no more. But that is a result of you changing your mind. 
Come on now. So we all become the sum total of our thoughts. If that be not the case, then those of us who were raised in poverty will still be poor. With no hope of ever coming out. There are a lot of folks who have made it where nobody gave them a, a helping hand. They just, amen, just, I mean, just hooked on to something and just stayed with it until they got a breakthrough. Just had a no-quit mentality. Are you all with me? Uh, how many of you go to Harvest Church? L look around. Because everything you see is thought. Everything you see is thought. And listen to me. And, and for some of you, what you see is clear. It wasn't your fault. But somebody thought this and did not change their mind. As a result, we see today what we see. We're getting ready to open up a new ministry north, uh, in, in North Missouri and that is a result of somebody's thought. Come on now. Life is a sum total of thought. Okay, okay. Uh, let me use somebody who won't, won't get offended. Uh, uh, Minister Gravney, uh, would you stand up? Uh, Look at that funny-looking looking jacket. Turn, turn around so they can see how funny it looks. Yeah, now turn back toward me. Um, do you have any more jackets that you could have chosen? You do? But you got that one on. Uh, did you wake up this morning and you heard God say, Thus saith the Lord? <laughs> Minister Gravney, I feel like you need to wear on November the 7th, that, that pink, red, well, whatever color jacket is, God said to you, you need to wear that jacket today. Is that what happened? God didn't say that to you? You mean you chose that funny looking jacket on your own? Now, all I'm simply saying, she said she's got more jackets than just that one. But why did she wear that one? Now don't tell me because it matched, because people don't match stuff today. She wore that jacket because that's what she wanted to do. She looked in the closet and she thought, I look good in this today, because Pastor House going to call me out. Th thank, thank you so much. That was her decision. And I can go through the whole congregation and say the same thing. God didn't choose for you to wear what you got on. It's clear. Are you, are you following me? You see, sometimes we want to put so much on God that we excuse ourselves from having a brain. And why did God 
give us a brain if he didn't want us to use it? Is this, is this, is this good? So as a man thinketh in his heart, come on, so is he. Let's go to Genesis 1. Oh, here we go. Genesis chapter number 1. If you need some help finding it, lift your hand. Genesis chapter number 1. Genesis chapter number 1. You become what you think. Are you in Genesis 1? Look at this real careful or carefully, proper English. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When did he do it? In the beginning. These are the first words of the first book of Moses. The first words in the first book of the Torah. The Spirit of God speaks through Moses and he declares, in the beginning, God, what did he do? He created. In the beginning, God, what did he do? He created. In the beginning, God, what did he do? He created the heavens and the earth. Are you with me now? In the beginning, you got to get this. In the beginning, God. What did he do? He created the heavens and the earth. Now go to verse number 26 real quick. Verse 26. Then God, oh, let me back up. I'm going too fast. In the beginning, what did God do? In the beginning, God created. What did he create? The heavens and the earth. Look at verse 26. Then God said, what did he say? Let us make, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now, now you got to grab a hold of this. God said, let us make man in what? In our likeness, in our similitude. That means when God originally made man, he made man in his likeness and gave him his authority. Now, we're not talking about the fall because Jesus came to restore us back to what Adam fell from. That's why the Bible says we are more than conquerors. Are you listening to me, people of God? I'm telling you in this life, nothing, absolutely nothing should be defeating you. And if you have a defeated mind, it will mean you have a defeated life. And I know they told me to stay up on this platform, but whoops, there it is. 
Jesus paid a price for you to have victory in every area of your life. And if you have defeat in your life, it's because you have a defeated mind. A defeated mind will produce a defeated life. And if you have a defeated mind, you do not have the mind of Christ. And the reason, by and large, the body of Christ, we walk through the earth like we're powerless, hopeless, joyless, victoryless, is because we don't have the mind of Christ. When you have the mind of Christ, you are not afraid of any test or any trial or any sickness or any disease. Because when you have the mind of Christ, you know that every obstacle is under your feet. Oh, Jesus. So, so, so in the beginning, God created. Stay with me. And then in verse 26, God in the, in the council of heaven of the Godhead, they said, let us make man in our likeness, in our similitude. And then he talked about the authority and the dominion that the man would have the privilege to exercise over everything that God created. So God said, let us make man in our image. Come on. And in, our, and in our likeness. So God gave to mankind the ability to think. God gave man the ability to think. And you need to start thinking. God gave man the ability not only to think but to create. How can we create? Because we're made in his image. Oh, Jesus. I said, are you listening to me? God gave man the ability to think. God gave man the ability to, to create. God gave man the ability to reason. And isn't it amazing? Out of all of what God created, he only made man gave man the ability to think, to create, and to reason. Animals do things out of instinct. We're the only thing that God created that have the ability to create. Not only did God in the beginning create, he told you and I to create. So that means you have creative ability on the inside of you. Your problem is you watch too much television. Your problem is you play too many worldly games. There is, who are you ready for this? You may never discover it, but it's there. God placed something uniquely in you that if you tap into it, it'll make you rich. Well, let me help you. Not many years ago, there was no such thing as an internet. 
and a boy in college had to drop out and give, his, give himself more time in a garage to create. That's why you have to back away from television and all these other things that will grab your attention because it shuts down your ability to create. And notice, everybody who created something got in isolation and came up with a world-changing, let me back up, not long ago, let, let me see your iPhone, cell phones, yeah, yeah, hold it up like you're proud. Okay, that was from Dollar General, nah, all right, but hold it up like you're, hold it up. To our younger people, you can't really appreciate what you're looking at, even though you own one. Because in my lifetime, you had to go into a phone booth. It, in my day growing up, it was hard to get in trouble with somebody of the opposite sex. Because you could be on your phone and your parents could be listening in the other room. Matter of fact, I know you kids, you don't know, but they used to have phones that you used to have to dial. And they were designed to let the parents know that you were on the phone because it made a lot of noise going back to zero. And some of you had to learn how to be sophisticated in putting your finger and dialing it. You hated when somebody had a nine because you had to go all the way back with your finger. And you, so you, you dial all six numbers right and get the seventh number wrong and you got to start all over. And many of you, you were raised in a home with one phone with a 200-yard cord. Your mama would be in the bedroom. The phone is in the living room. She would say, bring me that phone. And you'd grab it, pull the cord, Take it out to the, to the backyard. One phone. In those days, it was hard to get a hookup hook as a teenager. It was hard to get a hookup with, with the opposite sex back then. Because if you wanted to call somebody, somebody would know you were on the phone. And somebody, hold your phone back up again. The only place we saw something like that when we were growing up was on the Jetson. You're laughing, but I'm, I'm making a point. George Jetson's, that program was somebody's thought. The thoughts were futuristic. But today, it's a normal lifestyle. We not only can be sitting here talking to somebody on the other side of the planet, we can literally look at them on our iPhone and talk to them. That was on the Jetsons. And we never thought we would see that in our lifetime. But somebody thought that if they can make a movie about it, they thought 
I can make it a reality. And because we have been made in the image and the likeness and the similitude of God. See, see, we're not talking about saved or unsaved. Unsaved people were made in his image. It's not an accident they're making more money in many cases than people in the church. They're, they're making money out of the same creativity that God gave you. But the sad part about it many times, when people get saved, they turn off their brain. And the preachers don't help them. Because the preachers present a, a culture and a climate like the way for them to get ahead is become emotional. And I'm saying the way you get ahead is not emotion, it's information. Ooh, Jesus. Boy, they ain't like that. But it's still the truth. So we have the ability to think, to reason, and to create. Amen? Now, let's, let's, let's look at this. Go to the, uh, the gospel of, of, of the, uh, the gospel of the son of thunder. The son of thunder. You learned that in, in uh, if you was in a good Baptist church like I was. You learned that in Sunday school. The son of thunder. John, come on now. Pastor, I'm not teaching y'all nothing out there. Look at John chapter 1. James and John, they're called the sons of thunder. But look, but look at John. Look, look at John chapter 1. You there? P please get there in a hurry. My time is moving. Oh, God. Look at John chapter Number one, verse one. In the beginning was the word. Wait a minute. Moses said, in the beginning, God created. Yes? John says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Who was in the beginning with God? The Word. All things were made through Him. Through Him, the Word. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. Ooh, Jesus. In Him was life. Where was the life? In the Word. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Man, I've said a whole lot here. So in the beginning was the Logos. In the Hebrew, the word Logos means thought. God, I'm going to do it one more time. In the beginning was the word. And in the Hebrew, word means thought. So we can say, and we will say it, in the beginning was thought, and the thought was with God, and the thought was God, and the thought was made flesh. Oh, Jesus. 
So, so everything that God created in the beginning, it was birthed out of a thought. And because of the way that God engineered you, if you think about something long enough, if you meditate on something long enough because of the way God created you, you will manifest it. Even if it's wrong. That's why the devil works overtime getting you preoccupied with foolishness. You're broke because you're foolish with your time. You are foolish with your attention. You are foolish with what you give yourself to. It's clear because the things you've been giving your mind to, the things that you've been giving your time to, the things that you have been giving your attention to has not produced in your life the kind of life that Jesus said is available for you. Can't wait to get out of church so you can go home and watch television. Watch millionaires run up and down a field with a dead cow while you're sitting there with your lights about to be cut off. And that doesn't bother you because your mind has become numb. Your mind is still because it has failed to be stimulated with the word of God. That sparks the creativity that God has placed on the inside of you. See, some of you don't believe it. That you can get so mad at lack and insufficiency that you can literally get so mad at not having enough that you can change it. But you have to get mad enough to change it. Because until you get mad enough to change it, you are tolerated. And what do you do with anything? That you've had enough of it, you won't tolerate it another day. What do you do? Talk to me. When, when, when you've had enough, you put it out. Your kids know if you raise them in a certain way, they know you don't really mean it until you say it the tenth time. You know, mama told you don't do that. What number is she on? She's on number seven. Oh, okay, you got three more shots. You're laughing, but the devil's the same way too. He knows when you say leave, he knows you don't mean it till the tenth time. So he's got, he jacks your life up for another six years and he got four more left. And I heard a preacher, a dear friend of mine, known around the world, he said something one day that just rattled my cage. And then I called him, no, I texted him, no, I called him later and told him. Uh, he said, one of the worst things about life is to live and die and never lived. And do you know there's a lot of folks who, are, who have lived and will die and have never lived? 
Some people have never seen the ocean. Are you listening? Some people have never been fishing. Some people have never been to Disneyland. Some people have never been on a vacation. It's getting quiet. Some people have never owned a home. Never. And they're making them every day. You'll be amazed of some things people have never done. Some people have never seen the Atlantic Ocean. Some people have never been on a cruise. It's quiet. I said it's quiet. Some people have never paid off somebody else's dinner. Just grab the check. Always praying for somebody to grab theirs. Lord, I pray you move on somebody's heart up in here today. Never experienced it. Never experienced having enough money to bless somebody. Never experienced paying somebody's house off. Never experienced paying for somebody's education. Never experienced it. And the reason they've never have experienced it is because they've never allowed their thoughts to elevate to a level where they can do it. Is, is, this, is this good? I said, is this good? Is this, is this helping anybody? Y'all getting real quiet on me. So in the beginning was thought. And the thought was with God. And the thought was God. And the thought was made flesh. This, this is powerful stuff. So, so God is just like with Solomon. When, when God wanted to elevate Solomon to be one of the wisest men that ever walked the planet, the Bible says that God elevated Solomon's thoughts. He elevated Solomon's thoughts because when God asked Solomon, he said, what would you have me to do for you, Pastor Al? And notice Solomon, he didn't ask for silver. He didn't ask for gold. He didn't ask for fame, which is what a lot of folks are seeking after. He said, God, give me wisdom so that I can pastor, so that I can govern, so that I can lead the people that you've given me charge. And then God said, because you didn't ask for something out of selfish motive. He said, I'm going to give you not only, not only what, you, what, 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 I, what, what you asked for, I'm going to give you everything everybody else seek for. Which lines up with Matthew 6.33. And the reason so many people in the church don't have what God wants them to have is because God is not first in their lives. And I'm so tired. I'm so tired of people. All they're concerned about is making sure the pastor don't know. Like the pastor's God. They live in such a way to where all they want to make sure is, is it, I don't want Pastor Hout to find out about it. I'm not God. I don't know anything unless God showed me. 
The one you should be concerned about is not this visible man, but the invisible man. Are you all listening to me? Your blessing will come not pleasing me. Your blessing will come pleasing him. Oh, God. Yeah, put your hands together for that. that that's a good one. So in Genesis chapter number one, verse number three, it says, in the beginning, Genesis one again, I close now. Genesis one, I hope that blessed you. Genesis one, look at verse three. Then God said, um, let there be light, and there was light. And then God saw the light and that it was good, and God delivered the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the what? Were, come on, were the what? This is the first time we are told that God spoke. This is the first time in Scripture where we're told that God spoke. Oh, my goodness. Ten times in this chapter, we will find, let there be, 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 let there be. Notice God created the earth and the heavens before the first day. Notice in the text that God created the heavens and the earth before the first day. I, I got to show you this because you need to see this because you can, you can be all jacked up in your theology because you don't know what area God is moving in. So our ideas, our ideas can exist in our minds before we see them in manifestation. Because God created the heavens and the earth before the first day. Which lets us know that our ideals can exist in our minds. As a matter of fact, I'll go on record to say they have to exist in our minds before we ever see them in manifestation. Oh my. So we have to think. Let, let, let's, let's, close, let's close with this. I, I think this will help you. Uh, look, at, uh, look at verse verse number five again. God called the light day. He called the darkness. He called night. So an evening and the morning were what? So the evening and the morning were what? First day. Oh, okay. This, this sounds like a contradiction. And we know the scriptures do not contradict themselves. Let's look real quick at verse 31. Let's look at verse 31. Because it sounds like a contradiction. Then God saw everything that he made. And indeed, it was very, it was what? It was very good. So the evening and the morning, come on, talk to me. For the six days. How did he make everything in a day? And, and now we're saying God made everything in six days. And look at the next verse. You know, the original writing, it wasn't, you know, chapter and verse. This is a continued, a continued thought. 
Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the what day? And on the seventh day, God ended this work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. And he didn't rest because he was tired. Now wait a minute. It, it sounds like a contradiction. Because how was everything created in a day? And then the Bible says that on the sixth day and then on the seventh day, God rested. It sounds like a contradiction. Yes? Okay, let, let's, let's validate it all. Let, let's go real quick. Let, let's go to uh, uh, where do I want to go? I want to go to 2 Peter. Because Peter would know. He used to eat with Jesus. He used to sleep uh, in the same area where Jesus slept. Let's, let's go to 2 Peter. Are, are you there? 2 Peter chapter 3. You, you're going to see something. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 8. But beloved, do not forget this one thing. What thing? That with the Lord, one day is a thousand years. And a thousand years, come on church, is that one day. Now, look at John. I got to close with this. John 11. If this don't make you shout, I don't know what. I got a question. Look up here at me. How many hours are they in a day? I can't hear you. I can't hear you, E-Church. I said, how many hours are there in a day? You said 24? All right, let's look at John. Let's look at John 11. If you dare say amen. How many of you want to know what verse? Look at verse number 9. You ready? Let's read. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. What is that telling you and I? We get confused sometimes when we read the Bible because we don't always understand what dimension God is operating in at the time that he says something. So when the Bible says that the Lord created everything in one day, that could mean 6,000 years. See, the, see, see, we can't lock God into our dimension. Because sometimes he's functioning in our dimension and sometimes he's functioning in another dimension. So when God says, I'm going to bless you, you get excited because you think it's going to happen next week. 
So based upon one day as a thousand years, the thousand years as one day when God says to you, I'll see you tomorrow. Because you think of time being 24 hours a day, you think God is going to show up Monday morning. Because you don't know what dimension God is functioning in. So when God, when the word says by Moses in the beginning, God created. What dimension was he in? When he said on the sixth day, God finished his work. And on the seventh day, he rested. What dimension was God talking about? clear he wasn't talking about our dimension. Our dimension consists of time. And God is not in time. He's in eternity. We get nervous because it doesn't look like it's going to come to pass because we think too much time has expired. Not realizing that God is the one who invented time. We're in time. God sits outside of time. So when God says, I'm going to bless you, you born to, he is going to bless you. And he's not locked in to time. So if you don't see anything else, you got to see this. That in the beginning was thought. And that thought was Jesus. In the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word was with God. As a matter of fact, this is what got Jesus in trouble with the religious leaders. He walked up on the Pharisees and he said, uh, you know, uh, uh, Abraham is, is the father of the three major religions in the world. You talk to it, um, a Muslim, and, and their, their, their father is Abraham. You talk to the Jews, their father is Abraham. You talk to the church, we're the seed of, come on, talk to me. And Jesus said to the Pharisees, he says, before, before Abraham was, I am. And the Bible says they wanted to stone him because he was saying that I was there when Abraham was conceived. And the reason they wanted to kill him is because they didn't understand the dimension in which the Lord was speaking. And the devil did not want you to come to church today. He fought a whole lot of you. I mean, you started to turn back six or seven times. Because the devil works overtime, making sure you get an overdose. Uh, let me see your iPhone. Uh, one of these young, young boys. Let me see your iPhone. I'm not going to turn it on. <laughs> they say that the children, the young folk, Spend seven, eight to nine hours a day. Have you, ever, have you ever seen families today going out to dinner? I mean, it can be four or five of them sitting around the table at a restaurant and nobody's talking to nobody. 
Everybody's on the phone. You ever been over some people's houses? Whole family sitting in the house on the phone. No, nobody's talking to anybody. I apologize, Brother Hughes. I apologize. I did that. I'm sorry. Can you all still hear me? No, nobody's, 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 husband and wives, no, don't even talk, they, they text each other now, you know, text each other, thumbs up, <laughs> texting a heart, that ain't like saying I love you, There's been so many marital, so many divorces during this pandemic. Are you all listening to me? Everything began with a thought. Hear this. If God created you and I to create, and he did, and there's something that God has placed in you, in you, and he did. God placed something in you to create something that has never existed or to improve on something that is already in existence. And that ability, he placed in you. And if you're not careful, you can live and die and go to heaven. But the life you could have enjoyed while you were here, you forfeited it because you refused to stimulate your mind with God's truth and act upon them. Faith without works is dead. You're sitting around jealous and envious and backbiting over somebody else's success because you're mad they made it, not realizing you can make it too if you stop being mad and jealous and envious and get busy spending time with God so that he can expose to your spirit Exposed to your heart that thing that is in you that is not in anybody else. So let me close so you can go home and watch television. Let me close so you can go home and do anything but that thing that is necessary to tap into your creativity. Look around this church. When you leave today, look around. Everything you see is a result of thought. In an hour or so, some of us are going to drive to St. Joe, and what you're going to see when you pull up is thought. And all of that thought that you're going to see is paid for. 
Just a thought. It's just a thought. And we'll plant more because it's a thought. And if you begin to elevate your thoughts, it will elevate your life. So you have to, on purpose, get away from people for a season who will hinder your thoughts from being elevated. Get around somebody who have already manifested the thoughts that you're thinking. So when people came around me and tried to get me to turn my heart against Apostle Frederick K.C. Price. And some even left the church. This church, because I wouldn't turn my back on that man of God. Because he was a contemporary example to me. That if you guard your thoughts and stay focused on your thoughts, <laughs> Jesus that all of heaven would back you up and bring it into manifestation. Are you all listening to me? So I couldn't have done this hanging around the wrong kind of preachers. Why? They didn't have this kind of thought. But Apostle Price did. Because to go to the next level, you always need a role model. And whenever you find your role model, the devil will always try to disconnect you from a God-given role model. Because he knows if you stay connected, you'll get there. Who Jesus. So if you leave Harvest Church, make sure the Lord told you to leave. Because if he didn't tell you to leave, you could be losing and walking away from your connection. I told my wife, I said, there's a particular lady, very accomplished person. I said, they would be married today if they would have stayed where God planted them. I said, God sent their husband here, but when he came, they wasn't on point. Okay, this is good. You arrived first, didn't you, Mrs. Barrett? Stan was here first? He was at Harvest first? He was at Harvest first. Is that right? The Lord had to clean him up first, get him ready for you. Suppose I did not stay committed and focused on the thought of Harvest Church. There's a great possibility you wouldn't be standing here. And then let's say, you know, once you got here, I just decided, man, I had enough of this. You know, maybe somebody said something bad about me, and people do. You, you can't go up and people don't talk about you. You need fertilizer to grow. Wow. <laughs> and, and small-minded people are always suspect of anything large. You know, they'll say, that church is too big. Uh, I, 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 like, I, 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 I like smaller churches. What they're saying is that their mind is small. They're more comfortable in a small setting. But God wants to do some big things. Ooh, Jesus. So as a result of me staying committed and focused to my thought, you got rooted and grounded in the things of God. And then not long after that, 
uh, Mrs. B showed up. And one Sunday service, I was preaching, you got eyes for you. Yes, it was. It was on Sunday, you got eyes when I was preaching. I thought you should have been listening to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so he, look, look, look. See, this is why people do stupid stuff and they blame it on God. And sometimes when they walk away, they don't know what they forfeited. My God. My God. And they think they've escaped because they don't know what they forfeited. And then they're frustrated all their lives trying to get something, believing God for something that they forfeited when they left the place God told them to stay. So if I hadn't stayed focused, I wouldn't have been in position for you. If you hadn't stayed focused, you wouldn't have been in position for Dr. B. And if Dr. B hadn't stayed focused and stayed in position, uh, she wouldn't have been in a position to present my son, one of my sons, with a, a beautiful wife. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, sir. My God. So if I hadn't have done what God told me to do, there's a great possibility y'all and I didn't marry, don't even know each other. Right. So my son don't know your daughter. Yes, so we don't have these grandbabies to share. And only God knows what they're going to produce. Do you see it? Now, I know there's been times when you've been tempted to be pulled out of here because I've been tempted to be pulled out too. <laughs> yes, sir. That's <laughs> the truth. I came to church one Sunday and the preacher said something I didn't like. Yes. That just simply means that your flesh is still alive. Wow. Most of the time when the preacher says something you don't like, that's the area you need to change. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But rather than change, you fight it. You fight it because you're full of pride. You fight it because you're not humble. You fight it because you have, you're not broken. And so the thing that God sends to bless you, it destroys you because you don't handle it correctly. You get offended when you should have repented. So, so do you see? So the life you are living today, there's a great possibility you never would have lived this way. But it was all about a thought and staying focused and committed to the thought. So what we do does affect other people. Your decision affected her life. And your decision affected your daughter's life, which affected my son's life, which now is affecting our grandchildren's life. So it's hard to think that if you hadn't stayed focused, you hadn't stayed focused, we hadn't stayed focused, that these grandchildren that we know today wouldn't even be in the land of the living. Ooh, Jesus. Come on, give them a great big God bless you. I say give the Lord a great big God bless you. Thank God that he doesn't operate simply in timeless dimensions, but he can operate in any dimension he so chooses because he's God. Would you please stand? I know I went a little longer than the time that they've given me 
but I thought it was important today that you leave the church with information, with knowledge. It, it, it's important today that when you leave the church that you realize that your future and that which God has predestined for you to enjoy, that you have a part to play. The will of God does not automatically come to pass in your life. And it's not God's will for you to be poor or barely making it. Well, all these other people, some people don't even have God on their minds, but they've tapped into this God-given entity that God has put in every human being, and that is the ability to create. Somebody created this suit. I saw it on the rack, and I thought it was nice. And I bought it. And I paid for it. And the credit went to whoever made the thing. Are you all listening to me? I'm believing God that God will give me a witty idea that I'll create something that people will want to buy. It don't have to be a big thing. It can be a little thing if you sell enough of them. Are you listening to me? It can be a button, but if you sell enough buttons, it'll make you a millionaire. And so out of that creativity, a man could create the internet. And connected the whole world. Certainly God can give me an idea if I would just be willing to sacrifice some time away from TV. And looking at my emails. Coming from people who are going nowhere. If I can just cancel all these people in my life who are time wasters and start spending some more quality time in the word of God and in the presence of God so that the spirit of God can tap into that thing that God placed on the inside of me. God knows and I know I'm too old now to be wasting time. It's just like me talking to you now and our time is gone. I'm still giving you my time because I can sit down. But I'm committed to doing the ultimate with the rest of the time that I have. And I want you to know that it's not God's will for you to be sick. It's not God's will for you to be broke. It's not God's will for you to be worried. It's not God's will for your family to be all jacked up. And if you can by chance grab a hold of his thoughts and make his thoughts your thoughts, then you will operate in this life with dominion and power and authority. And then you can say, only then, I'll never be broke another day in my life. One man said, money cometh. My, my confession is money moves. And it's moving. And it's moving toward me. And it's moving toward my family. And it's moving toward this ministry so that we can do what God has called us to do. See, you can sit there like a duck on a, on a cactus. But you can open up your mouth and say some things. And bless God, money moves. And money's moving toward me. 
and so much is moving toward me, I can help my family. I can help my family who's a hurting, my family who's about to be put out of their house. I can come in as the arms of God and rescue them from an eviction. God's going to bless somebody in my family. It might as well be me. Because if God bless me, I don't have just myself in mind. I want to be blessed so I can bless my family, bless my church, bless my brothers and my sisters. These are my thoughts. My thoughts are good and they're not bad. My thoughts that you would have a bright future and fulfill your purpose. My fault is that you would be the head and not the tail. My fault is that you would lend and not borrow. My fault is that your baskets would be full and overflowing. Those are my faults. My fault, my fault, nothing will hurt you. Nothing will overtake you. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, I'll lift up a standard against the devil when he attacks your house and attacks your family. Those are my thoughts. My thoughts that no weapon formed against me will be able to prosper. I don't care who don't like me. Smile in my face, but they're backstabbers. Hey, but I'm telling you, it won't penetrate my back because I'm covered on the front and I'm covered on the back. God said he'll build a hedge of protection around me. Those are my thoughts. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, Join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.